0: Hello, welcome to Embodied Vision, the podcast about eyesight and the role it plays in our holistic health and well-being. So today I am delighted to welcome Julia Galvin, a Bates Method teacher, to come and chat we're going to talk about the Bates method and maybe some other things too. So, hello, Julia.
1: Hello. Nice to be here. Yeah. So maybe let's
0: just start with how you got interested in the Bates method. What was your way in to the world of vision and the Bates method?
1: All right. Well, I was wearing glasses at the time. I started when I was a teenager, I guess, putting them on for distance. And then when I went to university, I think I developed the habit of wearing glasses all the time. Um, but I found them quite awkward. you know. So they, my ears are not level. And so one ear was always getting the pressure from the frame, even when you go back and get it adjusted and it still doesn't seem to work. And then they slip down your nose. So yeah, I wasn't entirely happy with glasses. And then somebody organised a workshop on Bates' method. At the Steiner School where my children were, and I went along to that, and it was Peter Mansfield talking about, I suppose he gave us an overview. He, he what he said to enthuse me was that Bates method is a way to take control of your own eyesight, to take charge of your your experience, and improve your eyesight from within, which sounded much more attractive than getting an optician to plonk glasses on you, and every time you go back you get a stronger prescription. And also, as I said, I wasn't comfortable with glasses, and I thought it was very exciting to think that I might be able to manage without them. So that's how I got into it, I suppose. I didn't actually go and have lessons, which would have been the sensible thing to do, because it seemed like there's so many alternative things going on, and people charge so much for the lessons, and... I don't know, I just see things back to front. I thought, what I'll do is I'll go straight in. I will enrol on Peter Mansfield's course, which he had recently started, teaching people to teach base method. And I would learn as I go. So that's what I did next.
0: So you went, you went straight for becoming a teacher?
1: I mean, during the weekends with, with Peter, we were obviously doing work on each other. So it wasn't like, oh, you already know it. You're going to go and teach it now. So yeah, it it was a good grounding in Bates method.
0: Okay, so you're there, you're going to Peter's Bates method teacher training, and you
1: became enthused. What like? Well, I found the weekends very interesting. Peter, I felt had a, a very scientific approach. It's like, well, test it out. What happens? You know, observe. And one of the first things he said was probably, I think, on our our first meeting in London, the core of the Bates method is saccadic movement and central fixation. I think probably the whole of the time I've been studying Bates method has been focused on those things. What is saccadic movement? You know, how does it actually work? And this is without having any access to scientific measurement capability, you know, I, I wished I could have had a a camera that would have observed the small eye movement so i could really understand how it was going on and then central fixation i thought about that for years because there must be a reason why it works you know there must be a a, a model for explaining how it works and what's actually going on with the eyes with the central fixation Mm -hmm. so did you have personal experience of it working that you 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 were excited i was excited It took about three months, I think, before I I got any sign that anything was working for me. You know, I'd spent quite long periods practicing seeing movement and practicing relaxing. And nothing actually happened at all until one day I was sitting in a shop and practicing Bates' method. I was in charge of the shop and nobody was coming in. So I was doing little swing things in the shop. And out of the window, across the street, there was a dog grooming parlour with a sign over the door, which was not really visible to me. I'm short-sighted. I can see signs, but I can't read them. And I had been playing with this sign, trying to get it to come into focus, and it didn't. And then just kind of by, I did a bit more swinging, and I glanced out of the window, and it was suddenly completely clear. It was quite hard to replicate it, though, and it's something that Peter was always telling us that you have to not focus on the end result. You have to focus on the process, which is quite a common concept, which is easy to accept and difficult to practice. So I, I did get more clear, clear flashes, but they didn't seem to last very long. And so, you know, you know, you've almost got something and you haven't quite got it. So. You keep practicing and practicing there was another moment when i was out with a friend in a big hall it was a town hall we were on the balcony and over on the other side of the room there was there was a light on the wall and i was idly practicing a technique that peter taught us where you look at something and you close your eyes and you look at it again and i was thinking i'll get this light more into focus by just kind of creeping up on it and and not trying to home in on it. What I was practicing was you look at something and when it starts to go fuzzy, you stop looking and you close your eyes. So you're preventing yourself from trying to force the clarity, which wasn't clear anyway. So I was looking at this light, waiting till it got a bit more fuzzy, closing my eyes, looking again, and it would get a little bit sharper each time, a little bit smaller, more defined and then I closed my eyes and I opened them and I suddenly saw that it wasn't actually a light fitting it was a clock and it had a dial and numbers and I could see the whole lot flash just like that that was very impressive Mm
0: -hmm. yeah these magic moments which
1: kind of make it all all worthwhile well they do but that on the other hand they're just a starting point and it feels like it's a lifetime journey to go on from there once you've got that then You can always get it back again as long as you calm down go back to the beginning and practiced it i discovered that if i closed my eyes and imagined that i could see a line of print swinging from side to side that was fairly reliable as a way of getting the print to look clearer when i opened my eyes again Mm -hmm. and so you practice this in idle moments it's quite hard to do it all the time in everyday life I
0: I like what you said there about it being a lifetime's journey <laughs> and the kind of sigh of like knowing that you have the capacity for clear flashes or that you know for your eyesight to be different and then there's this still a daily reality and then it's not so there's not it's not a quick fix Although it can be a quick fix momentarily, and there's something that 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 springs from that 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 it's almost like, oh, that's an end point. Oh, I read down the chart. That's it. Brilliant. And it's like, well, yeah. And and just hearing what you say there is that that's just the beginning. <laughs> like that's not that difficult to do. Um, but then it's
1: mind you, it took me three months to get to that point. So
0: yeah. Yeah, and 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 I suppose you know people looking for a fortnight or, um, whatever. It, 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 there's just a kind of um, I, I don't know. I, I, I suppose a seriousness <laughs> to, to 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 what you're saying, and that it's it's like that 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 you're doing it and you're getting something from it. And and I, I also really like hear what you're saying about. that you're practicing with purely imaginary, like you were just practicing mentally detaching in terms of the light that turned into the clock and also just practicing imagining the print moving um, as your practice. And I think that's really, yeah, it really speaks a lot to, well, I suppose the depth of the work that you've done
1: yeah, the thing about practicing the seeing the print moving in your head is it's it's an unusual concept to think of it as you're not actually seeing the print you know for a long time i'd be looking at the print and i'd be trying really hard to get the print to move in front of my face um, and it was really hard to imagine as well but then at some point i shifted from focusing on the print to focusing on the sense of movement and that's what it's all about it's about the feeling that the print is moving freely from side to side and it doesn't matter a bit if you can either read the print or even just make out that it is letters or anything it's just the pure movement that you're homing in on in your imagination that does the job
0: yeah such another such a key thing you've just said i love it that like not focusing on the print but focusing on the movement like that sort of essence of it um yeah just really really key and 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 just continually to remember to do that or to remember that that it's okay I, the i've just been watching some of your videos before coming to do this <laughs> so i was like just reminding myself of, I haven't watched all of them, um, there's lots, and but that thing of acceptance, as the, that sort of key of acceptance, so that, that and, and not straining when it's, when you can't see something, not straining to, 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 to grasp it, um, but just stepping back and, and, and finding movement again, in whatever way that is, to kind of free you onto the next.
1: Yeah, well, one thing I started doing fairly early on in my career, if you can call it that, was I took my glasses off and I found that I could see adequately almost all the time. You know, it's it's not a, a bad thing or an impossible thing that the world is a bit fuzzy most of the time. And I think some people who wear glasses and are really attached to them feel that if they put their glasses down they're not going to be able to see anything or function and that's not actually the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah for depending on the strength for some you know for some people a, a reduced prescription would.
1: Yeah I'm talking about like minus three or something for yeah there's two if, you know people with quite low prescriptions relatively yeah <laughs> so think that they won't be able to function without them but I did find that sitting in the car as a passenger and watching the sides of the road go by was a brilliant exercise. And eventually I got to the point where just focusing on the movement, you know, the relative to the the vehicle, to me moving forward, the things are moving on either side and coming towards me from the front, the street signs would actually flash clear, probably not as quickly as for long sighted people, but certainly quickly enough to be useful. Mm -hmm.
0: So I mentioned your videos, maybe we should talk about those. I was I was looking through them there, and I noticed that you started doing them in 2010. Is that right? It said it said 13 years ago on YouTube.
1: Well, yes, I started making the videos as a way of getting clear in my own mind what Bates method was and how it was working, because I'd been trying to be a Bates teacher and convey these concepts to people and I'd get tied up in knots because I wasn't clear enough in my own mind. So that's how that started. And I think also when we were doing the training, Peter Mansfield brought a camcorder along and we practiced recording each other on that. So because you could see more on a recording than just kind of standing there watching someone who can go back and analyze a bit. And that the, the camcorder got stolen fairly early on so we never really used it that much but i i got the kind of camcorder bug that's really interesting and useful tool and particularly for me i don't know if you saw the video where i tried to demonstrate the the gross stichetic movements that you get when you swing and I, I sort of got the camcorder stuck to the side of my head focused on my one eye and swung around and it was quite pleasing to see how the eye was sort of Vibrating to and fro as I was moving. Uh-huh. I put that in one of the the first six videos I made. I focused on a different aspect for each one. So there was palming and there was um, swinging, central fixation. I don't remember them all.
0: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen the one with the, um, the camcorder uh, looking at your eye, but I'm going to go and look at it after this.
1: The ones yeah, that I that did
0: yeah the ones that I had I had seen some a few years ago, and then going back to look at them in preparation for speaking to you today, I was just struck by the well the clarity of them and the the kind of uh, the the really lovely essence of it in the in the very first one and um, you're just talking about what the bates method is and you know and and, and th- th- it's a philosophy of seeing and 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 you were saying earlier it's like a lifetime's journey a philosophy of seeing and yet there are these practical things as well and i just want to say thank you for them and that i'm going to go and study them again <laughs> because it's like uh yeah looking at the one you did about the shifter and and those keep sort of coming, they sort of circle round again with, with kind of other teachers and and things, and and here they are. And you've got thousands of views on your videos, which again is really great. So there's just kind of been this resource that's been there for, for a while. I, I have a kind of um renewed appreciation for your videos. <laughs> and also um it feels like the Because we did different trainings, you trained with Peter Mansfield and I trained with Aileen Whiteford and Margaret Montgomery, it feels like just another, getting a view on another angle in, and different perspectives are always illuminating.
1: I look at them now sometimes and I think, yeah, that was pretty good, what I said there, but, you Mm -hmm. know, quite hard work for someone who speaks in a fairly jerky manner to put it together. And make it sound not too stop start or waffly. Yeah, discipline.
0: Yeah, but it's the the content. You know, the content is there. And and I I I I rewatched the one about the sway when you put the bit on the window and and it's just so. um, Yeah, that that the the that clarity on where you're looking. I always find it extraordinary with this way that where you look has such an enormous effect on what you perceive or your visual experience, just on where your attention is. So it's not not like there's this, like the world is there for you to perceive, it's how you actively engage with it directly Changes how you perceive it. So there's this relationship between the 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 world <laughs> that you're looking at and you looking, which determines your perception. Um, and I felt that yeah, that, that your sway video really. I mean, it it doesn't speak about it in those terms. You're you're very clearly just talking about where you're looking and what the movement is. Um, but it's it's laid out step by step. So there's kind of no yeah, there's no ambiguity on it. Which is, I mean, it's a whole different story when there's a lot of blur <laughs> and you're doing those things. But the 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 principle was kind of is sort of in there, which is really.
1: Oh, do you find if you have a high level of blur that you can't relate to this way?
0: It took me ten years to understand what you were saying in that video. I I I honestly I mean I did this way. But I did it just as a person moving in a sea of blur. There was no attention to, uh, I, I didn't have enough capacity to reach out with my attention and with my focus um, because of the degree of blur that I had. So it helped me. I I got relaxation from the rocking. I got... it it, it obviously did things for me i found it very stimulating i couldn't do a lot of it um, at all i I needed to do a lot of palming around it it was very uh, the sway initially was uh, yeah very uh, powerful and then but literally a decade and like one day i was kind of doing it and i was like oh so the things that you were explaining in that video I would not have got at the beginning at all but then just kind of slowly as my vision got better my understanding of those concepts came with it so like that movement the movement because I didn't have foreground and background They, they weren't concepts I had I just had mush um, so it was like that, that what the sway does is gives you first of all just foreground and background if you're like and then and then a myriad of relationships in between and all around you know there's no kind of end to it but yeah at the beginning no really I mean I could maybe logically understand it but I had no kind of actual experience of it like that
1: Yes. Well, this is, this is the difficult thing about Bates' method is that it hardly ever gives an instant result. And if it does, you might find you can't replicate it as easily as you hoped. And as you say, it's easy to understand something intellectually and then translating it into the way your eyes interact with your brain is quite another matter. And maybe that is what puts off a lot of people from continuing. I met a lot of people in my journey towards trying to be a Bates teacher who, you know, tried for a bit and then drifted away I think because it wasn't giving them the results they wanted Yeah, and I found that myself, I I can't focus on something with that zeal and determination when it, I'm not getting perfect vision you know, I'll do it when I've got nothing else to do like I'm waiting at a train station I'll do a bit of swaying, but to sit down and, well get up and practice regularly every day is a difficult thing. And it's probably not the best way anyway, but that means it's, it takes a long time. Yeah. To integrate everything.
0: Integrate, yeah, that's a word, isn't it? It's sort of integrate the integrate the movement into your sense of being, integrate the vision from each eye, integrate the movement into your life. Yeah. Tell me more about the videos you've made quite a lot of those videos there's there's a lot of them up there there's a the, you cover a lot of the key principles and the key techniques
1: well yeah i got comments from the videos and i answered them all as best i could you know people asking questions that was interesting there was one guy who wrote to me after he'd seen my field divider video and he said I tried this on my daughter who has a squint and she she sits in front of the television and she really you know strains <laughs> to to make sense of what she's seeing and I put this little thing on her this is a pair of glasses with a piece of card attached to the bridge with a piece of blue tack and he said she instantly relaxed and she could see the television and I thought wow result <laughs> couldn't it be always like that amazing
0: excellent i like your field divider video too i when I started taking online clients um and I wanted to explain the field divider to them, and I wasn't in the room, so it's 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 sort of a bit harder yeah um i I referred them to your your video, but that's really nice to hear that people are actually using it and benefiting from it
1: yeah well i I tailed off with the videos, I'm not making them anymore I think what happened was I'd explored all the things that I felt I I wanted to explore, except for binocularity, and my own challenge with binocularity. I do experience, you know, seeing things in 3D, if I think about it. <laughs> um, but if you're not wearing glasses, and one eye is rather more short-sighted than the other, you need to focus on that a bit more. Um, intensively. And I thought, oh, I'll make a series of videos about my journey. (laughs) But I, I kind of tailed off on that. It just seemed really complicated. And I think part of the problem is I'm trying to observe and make conclusions from what I'm observing and doing other things and observing them. It's a scientific method without having any scientific training. I bought a book on optics. Funnily enough, <laughs> I thought, "All oh, right, this will explain it all." And it's like three inches thick, and it's full of mathematics, which I find rather hard to relate to. And I could easily see that I was never going to study optics.
0: There's optics, and then if 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 we're going if we're going down the science route for this conversation, <laughs> which might be the when I was reading, reading Peter's book. Uh, a few weeks ago, he's got a bit at the beginning with this quote from Helmholtz at the start of his Treatise on Physiological Optics, which is the 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 kind of tome that uh, structures the field of optometry, which is the field which gives people glasses in the first place. And it, it, so, this is in the introduction to Peter's book, um, the Bates Method, and. It says, when Hermann von Helmholtz compiled his treatise on physiological optics, his declared intention was to achieve a synthesis, to chart a path through the labyrinth. Revealingly, in his preface, we read, finally, however, an effort had to be made to introduce law and order in this region and to rid it of the curious contradictions which have heretofore impeded progress, I have proceeded in the conviction that law and order, even if they are not fundamentally sound, are better than contradictions and lawlessness. So for me, that means that Helmholtz took the optics, the sort of physics of optics, of lenses, which the mathematics works perfectly um, on lenses outside the eye and applied all those theories into our eyes, um, which works in lots of ways. I mean, glasses do make us see better down the chart, but it's like overlay the layer of theory on top of lots of experience and kind of negated the experience. So now, if there is an experience, like what happens with the Bates method, which does not fit into those theories, then it is dismissed as not happened, not having happened.
1: (laughs) This is a common failing of scientists. They get a pet theory and everything has to conform to that. But I'm interested that you've written a whole treatise on central fixation, because this is one of the things that was bugging me. And I did a video on central vision, central seeing, and I was trying to describe how it might be functioning. And I'm thinking, well, You're looking at one spot, and then in your periphery, something else attracts you and you shift to that spot, and so what you're doing is you're constantly getting things into the centre of your vision. And somebody commented on the video that um, the fovea is not actually in the centre of the vision. It's a bit offset. I think it's either a bit higher or a bit lower due to the optic nerve exiting. And i thought that's really interesting so that doesn't fit my theory how you know it's it's, it's got to have a, a part in the description of how this is working but i didn't have the science to go any further with that i just thought it was interesting and i wonder if you had to come across that idea
0: the thing that i've kind of come to with the central fixation well the idea of it that is i find exciting at the moment is something that it's in Bates Central Fixation chapter, which I'd never I'd never really kind of paid attention to it until I heard Anthony Attenborough talking about it. And he <clears throat> was talking about how the point that we see at the center is is tiny, and the better our vision, the smaller it is. So it becomes a mathematical point. So it's 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 smaller than a full stop. It's smaller. It's it's almost abstract. It's like an abstract concept of small that we see best, and that and it moves faster than we can think. So it's not like you look, and then you 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 your attention is taken somewhere else, and you look. I mean, it's it's all subconscious processes. Like it's and the the. The kind of field of vision around it is kind of infinitesimally large. <laughs> um, that you want this kind of field of massive field of awareness. You know, you want your periphery open as wide as it can be. You want your mental faculties to be open wide to anything. Um, and yet, the detail that you can see is is a mathematical point. And then all of this becomes a, becomes abstract, in a way, which means it's not. You can't you can't do it you can't kind of do central fixation but all the movement work the sways, the swings, the relaxation and um, just relaxation and movement encourages that process um, is, is sort of that's some of my current thinking on it which is always evolving with what I read and learn <laughs> and, and experience from other teachers
1: yeah well obviously experience is is the thing it's fun to speculate about how things actually work mechanically or um, physiologically. In the end, it's what results are you getting and what, how can you change your attitude or your behaviour so you get a more satisfying, more helpful result.
0: Yeah, and that, and that's it, you know, is the vision getting clearer?
1: I did once also get an experience of what Bates was, was it universal Universal something, the universal swing, is that... I think that's what it is and you're just quite effortlessly seeing everything in your visual field and you can just kind of look around and it's all there perfectly clear and it all feels completely effortless but I only got that once. So <laughs> I don't know if that speaks to my lack of application or um, how difficult it is to reach that point if you're short-sighted
0: yeah i'm sort of i i tempted to ask questions like oh what were you doing and where were you and uh, going into vision teacher mode about it
1: oh yeah well i tried again in the same place with the same you know things
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's all it's it's not really about that is it It's, it's
1: about
0: yeah again magic moments
1: well, magic moments even though they are momentary, they are really worth having because then you've got a benchmark, you know there's something that you can mm-hmm. reach and if you if you didn't have them then it would be terribly depressing <laughs> yes so yeah i stopped I stopped researching our sight because I couldn't I don't know I couldn't motivate myself and I wasn't sure if I was observing correctly what was going on. I think it this shows how useful it is to have an experienced person who is a teacher who can uh encourage you along and point you in the direction of things that you probably weren't noticing yes
0: yes teachers are um valuable things do you still practice the bates method is it is is your are you on your lifelong journey you can't really get off it once you start can you
1: I don't think you get off it. I uh, do a bit here and there. Oh, another thing that I discovered actually worked fairly reliably when you're walking down the street. I found this in some esoteric novel I was reading. And it was described as a a way of giving yourself fresh energy to go a longer distance than you think you could. So what you do is imagine in your midriff there is... Uh, a long cable and a grappling hook and you state on a, a distance a, a point some distance ahead of you and you imagine in your imagination you throw this grappling hook and grapple onto this point in the distance and then you're gradually winding it in as you move and I thought I'd try that just to see what happened and I think that was distracting my attention in some way so that in fact, it it helped everything to become clear around me. It's just, you know, you're focusing on something that's not quite what you think you should be focusing on and it frees something. It sounds
0: fun. It sounds, it uses your imagination. It uses movement. It's, yeah, and, and like you say, it takes your attention from, from your habitual patterns. Yeah, sounds like a perfect uh, Bates Method practice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it, it's a case of, you, you do these things when you're prompted by something that's not quite going right, like, oh, I'm I'm not seeing clearly, I could be practising something. And it's, I haven't quite internalised it in, a, in the way that, you know, you, you think studying all this, the ideal will be, I will change my habits and I will be the perfect person wandering about in in my internal central focus surrounded by periphery i remember you
0: saying once that like it's such a simple thing and you can get such benefit from it and that you
1: you've just wanted to share that yes and i have shared it you have yes about the personal journey is you have to keep remembering that it is actually a journey and you may never get to the goal that you have kind of shining there in the distance ahead of you and that's not important really the important thing is to keep experiencing
0: I I remember um, Peter once said it's about um, it's about ascribing to a different set of values.
1: Well, it's certainly not the frame of mind that one normally goes about in. Yeah. Something different from that.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's interesting how how much there is. I mean, I am still interested because you're confronted with things all the time, and you're thinking oh, why can't I see that? All of that looks clear. Yes. I often quoted my husband in my videos because we used to go for walks with the dog on the downs and he'd be saying, oh, can you see all those ships on the horizon? <laughs> and I'd look and I'd change my mindset because normally I go around in a kind of internal fog and don't even notice anything. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm short-sighted, but So he's looking at all these ships and saying, oh, I can see seven ships on the horizon. So I'm kind of scanning the horizon from end to end and back again in a very Batesy, swingy sort of a way. And they come clear and it's like, oh yeah, I can probably not see them as clearly as you, but uh, that's a useful thing to point out, that there are ships and one can notice them. And he always had very good sharp distance vision He's 75 now, and in the last few years, I have noticed he's had to buy glasses for reading. I always thought, ooh, he's got such perfect vision. And, you know, people say, oh, I've, I've cured so-and-so of their presbyopia. And I'm thinking, what does it mean to cure someone of presbyopia? If someone who's had perfect eyesight all their life and is constantly looking at details and enjoying the visual world suddenly, Loses their near sight or finds it difficult to focus on the near point. Um, what does that say about the theory? No?
0: Yeah, I I feel like um, you're interested in the science of it and the the understanding of it, and that's how I am.
1: You don't really get to know yourself until kind of halfway through your life or later. But I I do have this need to understand things. Mm. No,
0: it's great, and I think it plays out in the videos. That was it. They say that the the, the best way to learn is to teach, and that that you've done that through your videos, and that the that, that that real logic. There's logic
1: in them. Yes, I would say it's the preparation to teach that that teaches you. I mean, obviously, you can learn from students if you're actively teaching, but before you teach, you have to work out what it is that you're planning to do and how you're going to do it and it's that that confronts you with the need to understand what you are doing. Is there anything that you
0: feel you want to share that we haven't really covered?
1: One of the things that bugged me was the divide between what Bates teachers were trying to do and what optometrists were doing. Because it's like, apart from aileen having a tame optometrist. I don't think it's general generally the case that um, there's a meeting ground and I did discover that there are some optometrists in Hove, I think somewhere along the south coast who've got together and formed a group to they're not Bates teachers, but they, they do vision training for sports people, which sounded rather similar to what Bates people were doing. And so I phoned this lady and, and had a chat with her about it. She was very enthusiastic, but she was saying, of course, we have to be really careful that we don't offend the optometr- optometrists because they're in charge of everything and they don't they don't like us um, overstepping our boundaries. So all they were doing was sports training, you know, nothing to do with um, eye conditions or, or difficulties that might be construed as medical. It was just oh, sharpening up your vision for sports. And I thought that would be such a good group of people for Bates teachers to get together with and share ideas and experiences, and in fact, optometrists as well, in general, but I went to have my vision checked a few weeks back. I hadn't done it for a few years, but because there's glaucoma in my family, I felt, oh, I better go and make sure that the pressure's not gone up, because my older sister has glaucoma, and my younger sister actually has lost a lot of her vision due to glaucoma. She used to wear contact lenses all her life, which is completely anecdotal, but I'm thinking yes, that might have something to do with it. Um, So I went to the optician and I said, well, I've only come because I I have a family history of glaucoma and I really want to have my intraocular pressure tested. And that seems to be the only way you can get it done is go to the optician And he went through his usual rigmarole of an hour's worth of testing for this and testing for that, first one eye and then the other eye. And he was clearly dead set on giving me a new prescription, although I had deliberately not brought the glasses I was using because I knew that he was going to compare them to what he was interpreting from my vision and try and give me better glasses than what I was using. It's also difficult because there's no meeting ground. You can't say, well, I'm actually using glasses that are not the ultimate prescription because I find it more comfortable. And it's still within the recommended limits for driving. You know, I only use them for driving anyway, maybe the cinema, but it's like he wanted to control the whole narrative. Oh, why didn't you bring your glasses? You must bring them next time. And what glasses are you using? And having spent 25 years odd feeling I'm in charge of my own eyesight, it was a bit disconcerting to find that opticians are still behaving this way. At the end of the consultation. Well, he, he did kind of perfunctorily get out his little puffer machine and check the pressure, finally, which was all I wanted. And then he called in his lady who does the glasses, and she was going to prescribe something for me. And I said, I, I'm, I'm not here for glasses. And they were horrified. <laughs> and it, it's I just wonder if Bates, if there is any way of Bates joining up with mainstream optometric theory or, you know, the things that people do. And I think science has move forward a lot the way they treat squints for example uh is there's just such a lot going on and it's completely separate from what Paul bates teachers are trying to do on the side oh you've touched on so
0: many issues there and that that Mm. the, the, the fundamentally that bit where you're saying about you being in control or the optometrist being in control of what your prescription is going to be um mm. i think is so key to the whole thing um regardless of <clears throat> and regardless of of the manner of your optometrist or how um how much they will um uh, be supportive or not there's a whole kind of range of them out there Um, but I think even for ourselves that inner kind of sense that oh no this is my vision I I can decide and maybe get information get support you wanted information about your pressures that you couldn't get without having the test and you went and asked for the test and the results but without all your Bates experience you would have just taken the glasses they'd given you and and that would have
1: I might well have glaucoma by now if I had been wearing glasses all this time on the occasions when I do put them on even though they're reduced prescription I feel like the grittiness in my eyes you know it's like oh this is making me work harder than I really want to be working Mm -hmm. all the time and I take them off and it's like oh this is more relaxing oh yeah
0: yeah and that key of that it's that feeling it's not just chasing the clarity it's that overall feeling like when you when you said that you were just like who and and your shoulders went down you went uh-huh. back you like it was just this whole kind of visual and 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 sort of the way your voice was just you can feel that relaxation just from the thought of taking them off and 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 that the the value of that in life is just really important i think oh that was a lovely anecdote have you got another one <laughs>
1: I don't know. I might have scraped the barrel by now. (laughs) They're there. I know they're there. (laughs) Oh, there was one more little experience I had where I got clarity. Okay, so this is a thing I experienced when I was walking around in town and I was trying another sort of spiritual practice where you have to look at someone's face and then look at someone else's face. I know, it was, you had to look at someone's face and see the aura around them. It was about seeing auras, I remember now, (laughs) Um, originally. So I was walking around in town and I'd look at a person's head and try and see the aura around their head. And then I'd look at another person's head and try and see the aura around their head because you're walking about and it's not practical to focus on the same person (laughs) too long. So I was was doing kind of shifting and, and centralizing without really that being the aim of what I was doing. The aim was to see the auras, which I didn't end up seeing, but I did get a clear flash and I found that it really worked pretty well. As you're walking around, don't look at your boots all the time. Look at a person's face, then look at another person's face. Keep shifting around from face to face. The face gives you uh, a point to home in on. Everybody has one, I guess. And that just freed up my vision so much
0: You know, it reminds me of what you were saying about imagining the hook and pulling it along in the sense that you were giving yourself a game to play. That's right, games. Yeah, and, you know, there wasn't just this kind of mindless walking around. There was a, 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 your attention, your attention was on things.
1: But not in a way that I was deliberately trying to make it clearer. That wasn't the idea at all. It just ended up that way.
0: Do you know, one of the experiences I had, with a sort of early big bout of clarity was we were setting up the eye chart in the clinic and the this is the, the Bates Method Clinic and I, the chart was like pretty blurry. I was right far away back from it. And then somebody asked me um, to check whether the lighting was okay on it. So I is looked it- at the chart with the intention of checking the lighting so i suddenly had a sense of purpose <laughs> and when i did that the chart was clear but when i was looking at the chart to look at the letters it was like my inner vision was like why bother <laughs> like and then as soon as somebody said you know what's the lighting like and i was like oh well the one on the left that should go up a little bit and uh, you know there was a, suddenly a reason to see um, and I was skiing.
1: that's right your your interest and your attention are focused without trying to force anything to yeah. happen it's a bit like the exercise where you focus on the white and the dark but the difference between the black letters and the white surroundings yeah. I think
0: yeah exactly as well but not and, and it, it, it opened up as well instead of kind of collapsing in on the letters it was like opening up to the whole field
1: yes well that's a good one <laughs> yeah
0: well, thank you very much, Julia, for sharing some of your thoughts about vision. And thank you for your videos as well, which, um, yeah, go and see the videos there. Uh, if you search happy Sight Bates method, Julia Galvin, uh, on YouTube, you will find them there.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And I'm glad somebody's appreciating the videos, because I, I feel they have some value. Um yeah, there's just rather too many of them, but just, you know, delve in, see what you find. Great. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: For more information on Julia Galvin, go to Bates Happy Site on YouTube. I'm Anna Bambridge, and you can find more episodes and information about classes and workshops at embodied.vision. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.